This audio production was made in collaboration with Audible Anarchist. In Defense of Smashing Cameras by Anonymous We are making ourselves vulnerable to attack. More seriously, we are making each other vulnerable. Photographers at demonstrations will soon outnumber demonstrators, those who are willing to take action. This is something we need to take a stand against. Cameras are tools of surveillance, and whether it is us or the enemy that wields them, we are participating in our own surveillance. Groups and individuals who have an interest in publicity and photo opportunities need to recognize the fact that they can make everyone else vulnerable to repression and less effective. One group's follow-up is the wanted Twitter publicity for the hundred people surrounding them. It is not a question of the desires of the few dictating the safety of the majority. It is a question of the politics of these desires. A protest is an attack, or at least a threat of one. Considering this is a show of our strength, we need to seriously consider what makes us less strong, less effective. What makes the collective in movement less powerful and more at risk? And here it is the cameras, which are continuous with techniques of surveillance. Stopping for photos when you are part of a big group puts everyone at risk. Risks separating those you are walking with from the safety of large numbers, and risks everyone behind you also being subjected to the penetrating eye of the journalist's lens. This not only subjects others to desire, for publicity or 15 minutes of fame for your actions. An ideological position, it should not be assumed that every member of the collective action or formation desires, but can also lead to people who are ready to do something interesting, feeling hesitant, after spending an hour with every footstep, flag wave and expression documented and disseminated by the multiguous horde of camera-clicking parasites. Publicity is one issue. If we are on the streets, we are in public. We are surveilled. We can't escape this. What we can control is intelligible visibility. The reason we mask up is to become opaque, to elude intelligibility. Being photographed against our will is a direct attack against our attempts of obfuscation and ought to be treated as such. Cameras are tools of the surveillance state and dominant forms of control that are very present in the streets seeks to dismantle. Photographs and actions of our actions weaken us and consequently weaken our ability to act. This is not paranoia, it is a fact. For every police photograph, there are 10 more incriminating ones on Twitter. For every official observation, every surveillance camera pointed our direction, we are doing ourselves the injustice of allowing ourselves to be recorded, disseminated, and documented by our peers in the name of free speech or journalistic impartiality, entitlement, whatever you want to call it, and it has to stop. This isn't an innocent game where you spot yourself on Facebook and marvel at how rebellious you look. The reality is people face jail time because of foolish Twitter posts. The other reality is that sometimes it's not just foolishness. There are journalists at demonstrations who aren't just capturing their bit of riot porn to excite vice readers. Some photographers explicitly try to capture faces, try to catch you in the act. These people are scum and should not be protected simply because we believe that journalists have some kind of impartiality, 
some right that is above our desire to protect ourselves. Our concern is not concerning the so-called right to take pictures in a public place. We could care less about this boring defense that photographers resort to when critiqued. Our question is not, what are your rights in public? Rather, where do you stand when it comes to social struggle? How do you act to further revolt? Simply put, journalists do not have any political right to a spectacle. They have the ability to participate in a moment of revolt, and they forgo the capacity by consigning the event to a digital memory rather than a future possibility. While photographic evidence has been useful in the past, we maintain that by prioritizing documentation, in ignorance or indifference to its effects on an action, journalists are not comrades in the present. Spectators do not act. Time and again, photographers actually inhibit the unfurling of events by standing right in front of an action, rushing forward, blocking your way to support your friends, and documenting your attempts to do so. Eyes without bodies do not move, but they may propel enemies. When you take a photograph at a demo before anything actually happens, if something does happen, the police can use that photograph to construct a narrative and build identities. You could spotlight someone involved in something that hasn't even happened yet, highlight that crucial piece of evidence the police will use to solidify their case against us. To inhibit possibility and limit potential is not something we should simply accept. It's time to fight back. This is a call out for people to stand up against those who are putting our lives in danger. People who take photographs and post them online without blurring faces or cropping out identities put us at risk and we should not be complacent. In other countries with much stronger movements, complacency is not so dominant. People often smash cameras they see pointed at their friends and deliberately documenting them. They destroy cameras because they recognize that these instruments can and do lead to arrests, and arrests can ruin lives and destroy movement. Why tolerate an instrument that supports and reinforces our oppression, our surveillance? We should learn from our friends across Europe, who are so much more adept at rebellion than we are, so much less complacent. That said, we are not Luddites. To the contrary, we love a good photo and we can't dismiss the destructive qualities of images in the age of spectacles. There is a reason we call it riot porn. We've even printed and framed the moments we love best. We recognize the importance of documenting certain struggles, to spread the message, to share with our friends abroad, to help ignite the fire of rebellion. Photos move enemies, but they also move us. This is not a critique of cameras as such, but of a particular and dominant usage. Arms as inert objects do not exist. What does exist are arms in action, i.e. they are used or waiting to be used in the given perspective. Behind the thing, there is always the individual, the individual who acts, plans, uses means to attain ends. Excerpt from The Refusal of Arms by Alfredo Bonanno We have friends who we trust to take good photos, but the key word here is trust. We consider them part of our struggles and think of them as participants and accomplices in social war. Assuming then that you want to participate in social struggle as a friend and have committed yourself to a camera, here are some proposed guidelines. Number one, contrary to what many protest photography tips tell you, 
Don't get up close. Number two, if there are faces in your shot, blur them. A simple swirl in Photoshop won't do. We're talking about scrambling such that the police cannot reverse the process. Number three, if there is a distinctive or identifying piece of clothing in your shot, blur it. Number four, if certain identities stick out, the few black bodies in a white protest, a few visibly disabled in a seemingly able-bodied demonstration, etc., etc., delete the photo. Number five, if you choose to participate as a spectator, then realize that your participation is secondary to those actively engaged in the moment of revolt. This means you should step aside, even if it means losing the winning shot. Number six, if possible, and it usually is, ask for consent or indicate that you are taking a photo so that we have the option to turn away or decline. Yes, we get it. We're in a public place and you don't have to ask. But realize that failure to ask makes us suspicious of your motivations and provides us without a reason to assert our capacity for opacity. Number seven, your camera is a weapon. Friendly fire is not acceptable. Number eight, you're a participant in social war. Become involved in the struggle you choose to document. Should they be documented? If so, how should they be documented to spread their capacities? Become a comrade and earn the trust of those around you. Expecting professional activists? For the vast majority of us, this is not a career. Number nine, photograph the police. Number 10, infer more guidelines from the analysis above. Until a conversation about protest photography becomes more pervasive, until guidelines like these become more common, until the burden is on the photographers and not on active participants, until then, this is a call for people to smash cameras. Time and time again, we see our friends being taken away because someone chose their five minutes of fame, the titillation of seeing his photo, of our fucking faces, making it to the pages of Vice, the Evening Standard, The Guardian. They chose that above standing next to their friends and accomplices and fighting against the surveillance state that controls us all. Maybe the hack is on our side. Maybe they think they are spreading the word, spreading the revolt. It doesn't matter. For right now, all they are doing is contributing to a climate of inaction, of fear of action, spreading information that those who seek to bring us down will use against us. Next time you see someone thrusting their lens in someone's face, getting a little too close and personal, blocking your path to assist your friends so that they can get a winning angle, we ask you not to stand idly by. Fight back. Protect your friends. Smash cameras. This has been a production of Audible Anarchist. You can find more Audible Anarchist on YouTube.